Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? And today, on the Word of the King, uh, my brother Kay Wolfgang is going to bring forth a message to you straight from the infallible, inerrant, perfect, preserved Word of God. Uh, I pray now, may the incredible seed of the Word of God, which lives in Nevada forever, by the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to your soul. Tonight I want to get into my own personal testimony. Now, uh, first off, the preacher can't see the one on his arm. He ain't going to be pressing the buttons to find out what it says. And he sure enough can't see the one on the wall. Now, and you all start looking, and I hear you mumbling about the time. We're going to add 30 minutes to the message. All right? So, uh, Root, don't be looking at the clock on the wall. Got it? Oh, you got your cake in the oven? Well, it's toast. Now, it's toast, all right? It's definitely a charcoal briquette. I heard you like charcoal briquettes anyway. I want to make sure that you're not asleep, so that's why I want you to respond, okay? Uh, see, if, if, if all I hear out of you is that strange thing that comes up out of your throat and it comes roaring up out of your mouth, you know, when you get your head leaning, you know, I'm going to help you out here. When you get, the, you get your head leaned down and, and, and you go, and that strange noise that comes up out of your throat, and that's the only response I hear from you, I know something's wrong. All right, and now that we've had our little party, and of course, that being the party in heaven that we had in part three. Where, obviously, that being the party in heaven, because the angel's rejoicing. Now we come to part four of the word of the king here, and we're going to continue my testimony from that point on here on the word of the king, finding out what happened to me from that point. Now y'all can shout amen to that. Now... And you better believe there was some shouting in heaven. And that happened. That night occurred December 23rd, 1986. And it was Wednesday night. It happened. 7.30 in the evening. I remember that night. Yet today, I still remember that night holding on that pew and then finally just reeling up that white flag and just surrendering. Whew, I do. But the best part was, after I got saved, oh yeah, I found out the hard way the battles that I would face. Just like my testimony song sings, but I'm not doing that tonight. Just because I don't see you, I found out with the churches. Oh, yeah, I found out the hard way what they do and how they treat people. Because I'm, the reason I'm not doing the song is I want to do it with the verses that I've chosen tonight, which is where I'm headed next. So I'm going to let the Bible do the talking. Amen. Which is, I believe Ruth has my next one. Right, Ruthie? Okay, James chapter 2. Verses 1 through 19. My brethren, 
have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you, and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if ye have respect to persons, you commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath shewed no mercy, and mercy rejoices against judgment. What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith, and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Shew me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. As you notice, see, the problem is, right from day one, after I got saved, and I started going to church, and I mean the, quote, real churches, and I'm not talking about the Catholic church no more. The minute I got saved, I put that behind me. I just basically told, quote, unquote, Father, fly a kite <laughs> told him sorry I'm not coming no more <laughs> his confessional wasn't worth two beans I confess my sins to the real father Jesus amen I confess them to Yeshua amen I don't need to confess them to some bigger sinner than I was <laughs> amen <laughs> amen that, hey, that, that, that father needs to get himself washed in the blood too and I'm sorry, Pope Benedict and uh, all the rest of them, they ain't going to get themselves saved anyway. <laughs> They're probably already going to hell anyway. <laughs> in fact, most of them are already in hell. What are we talking about? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the fact is, the fact is, I didn't have to go back there. So I didn't. Didn't even waste the time. But I've prayed for a lot of people that have been in there. And the minute I got saved, you know what? <laughs> Me and Gloria Massey, this is before I started to court her and see her in, in the school, okay? We started as a two-man, or a man-woman, if you will, 
witness team at the blind school. <laughs> Since I had enough vision, I, I got me a Bible, right? Got my King James, got me a King James. Man, me and her started hitting that school. Oh, man, we weren't too popular. <laughs> Because since she was totally blind, even though she could walk around pretty good, she'd grab my arm. We'd go around hitting all them kids, the Catholic kids. Oh, man, they didn't like us at all. We weren't popular. Our popularity just went right down the old toilet bowl. Hey, you get Jesus, your popularity goes down the toilet bowl. And you go to the church... And you find you're poor, you find out how fast, quick, James 2 is true. I started going to Bible Baptist right up here on Route 20 in Ashtabula. I could take you to the church, Tim. I could show you the actual church. Doctor. Doctor Larry Emery is the pastor over there. Mind you, the guy, can you imagine this pastor actually ended up, they found he was having an affair with the secretary. This is the guy when I was called to preach. He's the very same one that didn't believe that I was called. But he's the one having an affair with a secretary. They kick him out of the pastorate, but later they let him come back in. You want to scratch your head on that one? You go ahead. I'm scratching mine. Because I definitely, and I'm totally blind, can't see light from dark, but I find a big, big problem with the picture. You find a problem with that, Tim? <laughs> okay, you asked for it, brother. It is written in Jude verse 4, speaking of such so-called pastors, for there were certain men crept in unawares who before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I told you there was a problem with that television set somewhere. <laughs> and I think we found the problem with the channel. <laughs> I told you. He wasn't a real preacher. That was his problem. <laughs> but, so... The problem with him was he wasn't right with God. That's his problem. <laughs> so, what the thing was, at that time, though, I was going out there. My Uncle Dave goes out to that church, okay? I didn't, I, I found out, it was shortly after I started going there that I found out he was going there, and he, he drives the bus. He, has the, he runs the bus ministry out there. He's one of the ones that drive the bus out there. And so... And he also does the nursing home ministry. At least he did back then. So what it was is I was riding his bus. He'd drive me to church and bring me back. And the thing was, I was going there. And then one day in March, now mind you, on Sunday... This is a Sunday. God started to deal with me on a Sunday in March. This would be Sunday, the the 
uh, let me just get my head on. Give me a few seconds here. The 12th, if my calculation's right, Sunday the 12th. of March of 1990 he began to deal with me about going to the blind of the United States etc. the spiritually and physically blind and he began to deal with me with the use of a missionary preacher who came and that preacher's name was and he was and Tim you say you're called as an independent missionary when I tell you this I want you to listen to this part of my testimony because here's going to confirm your beliefs right now hold on the preacher who came his name is Tom Smith brother Tom Smith. He's from a Baptist church right here in Ohio somewhere. Okay? But he's not with a mission board. He's an independent missionary at a Franklin Baptist church in Franklin, Ohio. I think that's the city, Franklin, Ohio. I think that's where it's at. But, okay. He's an in it, but I, I know that's the name of the church for sure. Franklin Baptist Church, okay. He's an independent missionary, and he's a missionary to the American truck drivers, okay. Now, God started to deal with me through him in a message he preached. The message, go tell the story. Okay? It, it, it was the basic gist of his sto- uh, message about going and telling the story about Jesus. But as, as he titled it, A Conversation with God. And, and you'll find that title in our sermon archives. Okay? I have that title. I still have that today, even though it's that old. Okay? Four days later. Okay? So, like I said, either the 12th or you could say the 11th. Either 11th or 12th, around there. Because, like I said, that was a Sunday. Wednesday. Same week, because that was Sunday afternoon, Sunday p.m. service, Bible Baptist Church, when he, when God started to deal with me. Wednesday p.m. service, March 15, Bible Baptist Church, and I also got this one, title, It Only Takes One, Preacher, Independent Missionary, David Cummings. Two independent missionaries. He's a missionary to Mexico. He's up here trying to raise money on furlough. 
His message, it only takes one. And mind you, remember how I was telling you the other night in Bible study about Gideon and laying the fleece out before the Lord in prayer? I'm a strong believer in that. On Sunday, I said, okay, Lord. I said, Lord, if you want me to go to the blind of this country, I know that <laughs> there's not a lot of people that's going to accept a poor, blind, legally blind preacher, especially not the people of this church anyway. But I'll go. I'm willing to go. I'm, it wasn't me being scared, okay? That was the last thing I was worried about. I just wanted to make sure it was his voice. So I had told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you want me to go, I gave him some specifics in my prayer. Nobody knew about it but me and Jesus Christ. I said, Lord, you send by another preacher, not the pastor, but another missionary. I didn't know who was coming up because they, they never put in the program who was coming or nothing. I said, and even if they did, I couldn't have seen the program anyway. <laughs> so I said, and I never looked at the stupid programs anyhow. So I said, you send another missionary. Furthermore, when he gets at the end of his message, you have him say these exact words. That if there be somebody... In this church, you know, if there be somebody here that you, that, that you, the Lord, is calling to the regions beyond or, or to the mission work to have them come forward, I told the Lord I would go forward. Tim, you get the message and you'll hear him say those very exact words. Word for word verbatim. Why? Because God fulfilled that fleece. The only persons that knew about it was me and Jesus. So I that night when when that missionary, the second missionary, which was David Cummings, came forward and he was in, right at that invitation, and I had made it specific in my prayer. I said, either during the invitation or just before it, and at no other place, I made it that specific in my prayer on Sunday. So that when I'd know that it was God hearing me and not because the devil can't. I mean, he tries to counterfeit things, but he ain't going to counterfeit it that exact. So he sat there and he had it right, right down the line. So I knew it was God. So I said, okay. As soon as he said that, I knew it was me. So as soon as the invitation song started, I stepped out. Okay. Walked up. Of course when the missionary David Cummings asked people to pray for me they didn't they thought it was a big joke I knew they would but I was like well poof, we on them and as it says in James you know the rich guy yeah if they would have came if I would have been that oh they would have loved it but since I wasn't rich well fooly on me that's typical so now I've been battling since then till now the same thing. Now, Tim, you've got my next verse here? Okay. And that is...
St. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, Jesus speaking, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Now if you notice, do I have to worry about who they're doing it to? Do I have to worry about saying, Oh, boo-hoo, they've hurt my itty-bitty feelings? No. Because I know they didn't hurt me. They didn't hurt me. They didn't hurt me. They didn't do it to me in the end. The ultimate end is they didn't do it to me. They did it to Jesus. Now, then something happened in 1997, the beginning of the year. Finally, of course, it wasn't at the Bible Baptist. I had went down to Georgia. I got trained in college. I came back up here in 1994 when God called me to witness to my grandmother, who was Catholic. I surrendered to that, came back up here, witnessed to her. I told her the same gospel as I had witnessed when I was at the blind school. Did it the same way me and Gloria did. But God had already been dealing with my grandmother. She got saved. Then, in 1997, as I said, the beginning of the year, I went over here to Union Missionary, which is up on 38th Street. I told them about my calling to preach. The pastor over there was named Reverend Lewis, Alfred Lewis. Their way of working uh, new preachers is, is they have you do what they call a, quote, trial sermon. They listen to you preach and see if you're called. They could tell if you're so-called called if you could preach any. Well, they liked how I preach and how I, that kind of thing. So they said, okay. They took me on as an associate, okay? They obviously could tell I was called. So I was an associate. They they ordained me and all that. Eventually, they, they licensed me and ordained me and all that happy stuff. So finally, I finally got some church recognition. But then we come to my next song. We come to my next song, okay? Which, no, Ruth, it's not what you think it may be. Sorry. But it is this one, okay? This song here is a song done by Ritzelvine and Johnny Cash's wife, June Carter Cash. This song, you could say, is the wedding vows, but kind of as you might think of them the wedding vows but that's not exactly what it is and it's nor is it the bridal chorus this is kind of what I think a lot of couples ought to put as a kind of a theme song and once again a song that kind of shaped the my life a little bit but like I said Red Sylvine being a, one of the artists that I kind of admired for years and as you could see this is one of those songs that that I kind of took to for years and years and still even to this day 
And if more people would take to a lot of songs like Red Sylvine did, I think more people, <laughs> for short, would be better off. As you're going to see this song here, the title of it is Are You Mine? And as the Bible says to the husbands, and it also kind of refers to this as far as wives, says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now that pretty is pretty plain. How much are you to love your wives, men? Well, Christ loved his loved the church so much that he gave his life for it and died for it. That means he didn't have any specific person that he was favored favoriting. He loved each person enough to die if it was just that person, enough to die for that specific person. He loved each single person that much. It's not just one person of the world. It's every person of the world that much that he would have died for each single person that much to bleed and die for them. So he loved every person that much. And then wives, it's told that you are to love your husbands. You're to love your husbands that much. You're supposed to love them. And according to 1 Corinthians, it says give them due benevolence. That's due respect, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Give the husbands due respect. And husbands, you're supposed to give your wives due benevolence. Why? Because if each of us would give each other due benevolence, we would then realize this song. We would be able to realize this song very quickly that you'd be able to realize are you mine and then we'd also realize first corinthians chapter 13 which when he talks about love in first corinthians 13 or charity we would realize that is all you got to do is take first corinthians chapter 13 and realize the word charity there is in reference to a sacrificial kind of giving love. It's not just love as we call it here in the western states, western countries, but it's a sacrificial kind of giving love. That's where, as it said in Ephesians, as Christ loved the church enough to give himself for it. That means to die. That kind of love. To sacrifice, to die for. That's the kind of love do you love enough to be willing to die? So the question is, are you willing to sacrifice enough to die? Put your life on the line. Give everything you got that much. A sacrificial kind of giving love. Take 1 Corinthians sometime. Open it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And go through it point by point. In every place where it says charity, over the word charity, write a sacrificial kind of giving love and read that chapter again sometime and you will see what Paul really had to say. But for right now, let us listen to Red Sylvine and Junie Carter Cash as they sing, Are You Mine? Are you mine? All I 
good and bad Bring me joy when I am sad Tell me, darling, are you mine and only mine? Are you mine? Yes, I am All the time Yes, I am Mine alone Yes, sirree All my own Yes, sirree No one else will ever do I'll be yours and I'll be true Don't, Don't worry, dear, have no fear Cause I'm yours Are you mine? Tell me, dear Will I always have you near? Will the love light always shine In your heart just like in mine? Will you give as well as take? Keep the vows that you will make Tell me, darling, are you mine and only mine? Are you mine? Yes, I am All the time Yes, I am Mine alone Yes, sirree All my own Yes, sirree No one else will ever do I'll be yours and I'll be true Don't, Don't worry, dear, have no fear Cause I'm yours said only if we could just now go on with the thought but rats once again we're kind of running out of time here on part four but guess what not only will we finish and conclude the thought on part five but we are going to conclude the whole complete testimony here on part five as well. So, for everybody, we are going to wrap it up on the last part of the Word of the King. So, for at least for now, this will be the end of part four. We are going to turn it over to Brother Tim Groover here for part four. And we will see you next time on part five here on The Word of the King. Well, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For cursed, be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness. God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone. For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.